0: Dot college football experience group of 5 update show on the sports gambling podcast network presented by WinBet bet $10 at WinBet and get $200 in free bets bet big win bigger with WinBet download the WinBet app now or visit winbet.com and start winning today we're also brought to you by Core's Light Get Mountain Cold Refreshment delivered straight to your door via Drizzly or Instacart by going to slash SGP. That's slash SGP. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Use the promo code SGP on your first deposit to receive up to $500 in bonus cash. Head over to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app today. We're also brought to you by Stable Duel. Stable Duel is a horse racing DFS app where you can play free and paid games for real cash prizes. You can win as much as 40 grand with one entry. Head over to stableduel.com to get started today. And of course, don't forget to download us, because you're brought to you by us. Yes, the SGPN app is here. You're home for all of our free picks and podcasts that is available for free in the App Store and Google Play Store. So grab that thing today and let it ride. Yes, yes, yes. Woo-hee. Welcome. Welcome to the College Football Experience Group of Five. Update and just, you know, we've got to give it up for the group of five. You know, everyone always talks, say, college football, we got to talk Ohio State, Alabama, Georgia, which, you know, we do talk them. But we also, here at the College Football Experience and SGPN, we like to talk about uh fucking Wyoming's quarterback situation, which we will touch base on, you know, but we we just try to, you know, touch base with everybody. Everybody. Um, but yes, uh I'm glad uh, my name is Colby swinging dad to base, dad aka pick dundee. If you did not know. Uh and honestly, I just hit for a G on the DFS slate and USFL. So subscribe and tell a friend. Cause your boy pick Dundee may know a little thing or two about a thing or two. Right? That's not a pick. This is a pick. Nobody knows nothing. Somebody knows double the price, but no one touches Dundee <laughs> <laughs> let's come to the land down under people. Yes. And we are live on YouTube. So subscribe to the college football experience on YouTube. We have a channel now and everything. What does he say in major league? We got uniforms and everything. Um, Yeah. So uh, uh, subscribe. I think, you know, if you haven't, if you're brand new to us, we break down, we talk college football year round. All right. Year round. We break down. We'll do a solo preview podcast um, for every single FBS college football team, which is 131 this year, previously 130. Um, we also handicap every single game that happens on the FBS slate. We also do an FCS preview, hit you with the FCS, you know, show. Um, so when it comes to college football, we like to think that no one does it better. But you know, opinions are like assholes. Everyone's got one. But uh, hopefully, you subscribe to the Sports Gambling Podcast and the College Football Experience because five days a week. Now this spring in this nice studio here in the SGPN studio, I'll be talking college football with this. I mean, we got Patty C and NC Nick coming on tomorrow to break down. Hopefully, hopefully you're catching up with our weekly college football uh, preview. We're on, this will be week two. We're previewing of the upcoming season. We've already dropped an episode on week zero on week one. We've already dropped an episode on, uh, on the coaching hires, grading every all thirty coaches that got hired. Uh, I did a transfer portal episode yesterday, mostly group of five. I mean, power five. So uh, we got you covered. We just got you covered here on the college football experience. Okay, let, let's get into this. Um, I, I I will say this. I asked a question on our on our social, um, saying, hey, you know, guys. Uh, you know, what do you guys want to talk about with the group of five? And I think a lot of people read it as the power five, which um, I didn't mean, I mean, I was trying to say group of five. I think they read it as power five. So I got some questions (laughs) regarding the power five and, and I guess I'll, I'll answer, I'll answer this really quick on, on the, on that front. But um, because I do want to talk the group of five but uh, I do shout out to uh, shout out to our guy, Cameron Kerr doing a lot of great work. He says, what is your favorite sec team? And which one do I hate the most? Huh? My favorite sec team. I mean, well, Mike Leach is our boy, you know, uh, he was our first real guest years ago. Um, I, I believe at least uh, our first guest of like maybe may. Yeah, no, he was our first big time guest. I think that we had on the show. He uh, invited us up to Pullman, Washington when he was at Wazoo. So that was, that's our boy. So clearly Mississippi state, but even prior to Mike Leach being at Mississippi state, I mean, I don't know. I grew up in an era where I was actually uh, rooting. It sounds crazy, but I kind of liked a few teams. I hate growing up. I hated, I hated Spurrier. All right. I didn't learn to appreciate him until like my, my my twenties and, and him with the visor going, you know, like this after every throw, even completions. So I I grew up hating Florida. I grew up. uh, I was not a Tennessee fan by any means. I always like. I always kind of liked Georgia in the sec East. Um, I I did like uh, Kentucky in, in the uh, sec East because they had Jared Lorenzen and Billy Jack Haskins. So I know I'm giving you a bunch of answers here, but I think gun to my head, if I had a favorite team in the sec throughout my life, man, it's tough. Cause I always loved Alabama bef- really before the Saban era, I, I liked Alabama and Auburn. I think I'd probably say Auburn probably say Auburn with Damian Craig, those teams uh, with Patrick Nix, Bo Nix's dad, I'd say I, I just really enjoyed those teams. So I, I uh, gun to my head. I know those are all rivals, Bama, Auburn, Georgia. I always kind of rooted for them. Cause when you're a kid, you don't really know the I mean, I knew the Bama, the Bama r- rivalry. I didn't really know the Georgia rivalry. So uh, I would say, I hope that answers your question. <laughs> yeah. I mean, East Carolina played South Carolina a lot. Didn't like them. I, I Vandy. How about that? <laughs> Uh, no one can ever hate Vandy, so uh, that's one you got to throw in there. <laughs> uh, I also got a question from Matt Kane. Shout out to Matt Kane, not the pitcher. Um, hypothetical: If the SEC falters a bit, which we know is perhaps doubtful, what conference could you see sneaking two teams into the playoffs like Georgia and Bama did last year? In most years. Um, Hey, he also says, keep up the great work. Love listening to these shows. Thanks, Matt. Appreciate you brother. Um, what conference could get to, I mean, it's gotta be big 10, right? Cause they, they hold the clout and it is unfortunately college football is kind of like a popularity contest. We love the college foot. We love college football, but at the same time it, we do, we are not happy with the, uh, with the way it's ran. 14 playoff, which is traditionally a popularity contest with the, the amount of different schedules, um, the amount of teams that play just completely different, uh, you know, I mean, some teams. shit. Stanford played 12 FPS teams or I'm sorry, 12 power, five teams last year. How the fuck can you compare that resume to any resume? You can't, you can't. Um, I'm not even saying Stanford deserved to be in the playoff or anything. I'm just saying. That's a perfect example of to me, the, the unbalanced, how unbalanced it is in the, in the sport of college football and to to deem it four teams when they have no set guidelines, it's normally a popularity contest. And you look at their, who's their big money makers, sec and big 10. I think they would do those before they would do any other conference because we've seen it before. TCU probably should have been in the playoffs. What? I think 2014 it was, I mean, they just, uh, they were in, I mean, up to like what two hours before selection Sunday or whatever the fuck day they call that uh, the committee with Condoleezza Rice on the committee, um, they boosted them for Ohio state. Now Ohio state ended up winning the playoffs, which is a perfect example. Why you need to expand because the four seed won it. Um, but TCU waxed Ole Miss in the bowl game. And I mean, really they didn't have a chance and it's just ridiculous. Uh, So I'll say big 10 and it would have to be probably Ohio state. Michigan say Michigan's number one at the end of the year and uh, they lose to Ohio state or vice versa. uh, And they drop back to four potentially. I still think the sec has got the the, 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 likelihood is within the sec, but if it was another conference, it would have to be that ACC. There's no way pac 12. I mean, theoretically, would they put USC in Oregon? Maybe, but they'll play each other in the pac 12 championship. I would still doubt that big 12. Actually, here's one for you. If Texas and Oklahoma both do it and play in the big 12 championship, but Texas is still not back, unfortunately. Um, I think Big Big Ten is is the obvious uh, the obvious play there. And by the way, if you have any other questions, uh, we are on Twitter at TCE on SGPN. Feel free to DM us uh, and we will answer them on air. Um, but yeah, let's hop into this. I mean, we a uh, group of five group of five. We love the group of five here. I mean, uh, there's a lot of compelling conference races, the transfer portal. I just went through an episode yesterday. And that was mainly I talk, I guess I talked some about the AAC, um, but it was mainly power five edition of the transfer portal. And, and we'll key into the transfer portal more because it's changing every day. But uh, the AAC many regard. The AAC is the top conference in the group of five. I'm an East Carolina fan. So I would like to believe that, but I'll be honest. There are certain years I can tell there's a West. Coast. I grew up on the East coast, but I can tell there's a West coast bias. Cause certain years, I really believe the mountain West is better than the, the, the AAC and it never gets that, that love in my opinion, but um, both are fantastic conferences. And obviously the AAC will see with uh, how everything, sh- you know, the, the, the constant changing college football landscape with everyone, you know, moving to uh, what the big 12. And then they're going out and getting a bunch of teams. I'll tell you from the start. I mean, um, I feel like one of the more intriguing, my favorite conference, like coming into this year and really kind of like emerged the past three or four years of the group of five to watch a game would be, would be the Sun Belt. I think the Sun Belt is a fucking blast. I love the, the you know I mean I love the AAC and the Mountain West, but the Sun Belt has really. I think the Sun Belt has done more moving with like m- moving up as a, a re, as re, as a respected football conference than I think probably any conference in America over the past five years. Because I mean the SEC was doing this ten years ago too. Their their you know dominance and stuff. Uh so I don't think that's even changed that much maybe slightly but I think the Sun Belt man Sun Belt I mean obviously the AAC had a team in the in the invitational last year so may, maybe maybe a little bit of that too but and I guess you could say what 10 years ago no cuz I think Utah 10 years ago Utah was already in the Pac12 um I was going to say you know when TCU and Utah left the Mountain West and BYU that that they did take a hit but I still think the mountain West, you know, with the exception of what UNLV and uh, and New Mexico, you know, so the, everyone else is, I mean, I guess last year, Hawaii wasn't great, but depending on the years, they've had their reign of uh, being a good, being good football teams. So it's been a lot of fun there. Whereas like, you know, you look at the AAC and I'm an ECU fan, but really since they joined the AAC, Yes, I think we had a year or two of Ruffin and McNeil in there where we were decent, but then came Scotty Montgomery. East Carolina still paying for that when they brought in Scotty Montgomery destroyed their program. Um, they've been really bad before Mike Houston in last season, and there's no there's no sugarcoat in that. And and then you have South Florida, Charlie Strong, and you know he didn't he kind of had that program being a mess. Um, Jeff Scott struggled the two years there. Tulane. I think Fritz has got them up six and six for most years, not last year, but uh, some of those other years, six and six, seven and six, stuff like that. Um, but they were a doormat for some years. Um, and uh, yeah, I think, I mean, even there's certain years, Tulsa has been really bad. So they, they've had their, they had Yukon in this fucking thing for a few years. so. um but I think that the most exciting conference coming into to this year, and maybe it is the change, is uh, is the Sun Belt for me. I think a lot of that is also they play those weekday games. That helps. You throw everything on Saturday, and it makes it really hard to grasp everything. Even with the SGPN studio God's Eye, follow God's Eye on Twitter at God's Eye SGPN. Um, but I mean, we yeah we we'll have like thirty games on the television. And we're watching all day, but sometimes, you know, a ULM, you know, Arkansas state game will get lost in the luster. <laughs> Believe it or not, you have to watch it later in the week. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've never understood that. And that's something as, as we see sports change, we saw the USFL kick this weekend. I read an article about the, the XFL competing with them. And, and, and I'm looking forward to that competition because what, how great is that for football competition? And I mean, how American is that? It's going to be fun to watch those leagues, but the, the, the change that we've seen radically in, in really all of our sports lately, whether it was COVID-19, whether it was, uh, you know, I mean, obviously playing in front of, and no crowds for a while, you know, uh, the NIL, the transfer portal, all the, all this stuff that has had the, I mean, the conference realignment. Now we got Texas and Oklahoma. Are they going to the, uh, I mean, they're going to the sec, um, the, the big 12 goes out and grabs BYU and, and, and Cincinnati and, and UCF and Houston. So, and that's had a trickle down effect. The conference USA now has 11 teams. They were uh, going to go to court against uh, the teams that were leaving Marshall and, uh, and Southern miss. Um, and, and then you have, you know, FCS schools going to the FBS. So it's just been chaotic. But one thing I was hoping would come from this change is more weekday games let's call it. I mean, let's call it what it is now. We know this is a business. That's why we have the NIL. Now players are getting paid, right? TV schools are getting rich. Play more weekday games. We like to gamble. Guess what Too gambling is, is more and more legal all across the United States. And it's going to be, it ain't, it ain't coming back. Money is money. Um, So what I would like to see is more of an organized effort to get more weekday games on. I mean, I mean the FCS, I don't know why they don't try to get, I get it. They want to sell tickets, but still people, if you have, if I've been to a Montana football game, if you threw a Montana football game up on a Thursday, I still have no doubt the city of Missoula will shut down and everyone will go to a football game. Why would you not do that? I don't get it. Cuz you want to make your brand more known, which essentially means more money for your university over time. I don't get it. If I'm Deon Sanders in Jackson State, I would play every fucking Friday night. I get it. There's tradition of playing Saturdays. I at least play 3 or 4 games on the weekdays. I I'm I, I we already get a I mean what? We get Maxion on Tuesday and Wednesday middle of the year. We get, uh, they've kind of gone light on Thursdays cause they don't want to compete with the NFL, which is nonsense. Cause I think there's enough out there where you can watch both. Um, I just think there should be like seven games on all these days. Maybe not on a Monday. Maybe you can have one day where, where nothing's happening, but on Tuesday, we got the action games. You should add in conference USA. We should have some uh, CAA uh, FCS games. Make me commissioner. We'll figure this thing out. What up the magic man Blanco in the chat legendary fan right there. He's an Oregon duck fan. Sorry. This is a group of five uh, thing uh, episode that we're talking about. So we won't be talking duck football too much, but magic man Blanco. He's he's a, he's a legend. He's a legend. I got some here. I'll play some, some music for uh, magic man Blanco here. All right. Yes. Um, so I think that's the, one of the things that I hope we see more of, I mean, we, I, and we've kind of seen it. There's 13 week zero games, I believe this year with FCS included. That's way up from a season ago or years past. Now, I mean, honestly, like, I mean, I, I love college football. I want it whenever, but I still think week zero sucks. I think they should push back the season a week. I get it. They want to have the first week before the NFL, but the, the fact that it's like mid August and these games will be going on in like El Paso. I mean, I've done stand up in El Paso. That is a, uh, I don't know how you play a game of football in that heat, but I guess, Hey, fuck it. Play it. All right. More, more football, the better. Uh, But yeah, let's hop into this because let's talk AAC the transfer portal on the quarterbacks. By the way, it's like, it's like we're playing a game of musical chairs. I feel like all these quarterbacks have started somewhere else. You go through the group of five, you try to figure out, and and I mean, it's, it's chaos. Um, So I think maybe having some of these quarterbacks that have been there and experienced a look at Clayton tune in Houston, Dana Holgerson, it's a big year for him. He had, I think he really kind of turned the corner with, with Houston uh, a season ago. So I think can he maintain that? Can he continue to, to take the, the program in the right direction? And really, let's be honest, Cincinnati's a bit down, we think because they lose a lot of a lot of really key players. Sauce Gardner, Desmond Ritter, those guys more. They're, they're gone. Um, Clayton Toon is a guy that threw for 30 touchdowns and 10 interceptions a year ago. He's back at the helm. I uh, I did. I, I believe they lost uh, Alton McCaskill for the season in their spring practice, but um, they, they, they have a talented roster. So I think one of the, the great things about uh, the AAC this year is, is who is going to step forward to challenge Cincinnati or UCF. Cause it's kind of been a two man race, a two team race for, I mean, I, okay, I get it. Houston played the, the in the AAC championship last year, the year before. It was Tulsa, but I think we all knew it's really been UCF passed passed the torch to uh, to Cincinnati, and I think a lot of those matchups have kind of dictated who's going to represent or who's going to win the AAC. So I think it's kind of up for grabs this year, which makes the AAC more exciting than most years. Unless you know, unless you're one of you know saying, "Oh, can UCF get to the college football playoff?" Uh, or can Cincinnati get to the college football playoff or the invitationals, then, then maybe you're not thinking this year's that exciting, but I I do. I think it's, I think it's really exciting um, because I I see a lot of contenders there and we'll go through the schedule. We'll we'll take a look at the schedule on it's April. These rosters are going to change a ton. So you got to bear with me a little bit there. Like the transfer, how many, like 430 players went in the transfer portal in the past week. I think I think that number's correct. I thought I read that the other day. Um, it's hard to forecast who's going to be on the roster in August, but um, I I I I'm going to try my best to give you what I think will, what it will be. But uh, yeah, ju- jumping into this, I mean, let's let's pull up the Cincinnati Bearcats schedule here because I think that they are in for perhaps a tough a tough season. And I know I touched a little bit uh, on this uh, a couple of weeks back, but uh, I think the AAC is 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 wide open. I think it's really wide open this year. Um, so, and the question is, well, who will Cincinnati be starting at the quarterback spot? Ben Bryant is a quarterback they had for a few years. Uh, I remember him battling with Desmond Ritter. He transferred off to Eastern Michigan for one year. Started at Eastern Michigan most of their games last year. Him and Preston Hustison battled it out. And then he jumps back to Cincinnati this year as a, I think a fifth year senior. And then don't forget last year, Evan Prater, the freshman, he got some reps uh, in a few games when Cincinnati was up big. So you have the, they're going to battle it out for the quarterback spot. It's a good spot to be in for Cincinnati. And maybe they'll pick up right where they left off. Cause I know fickle has been recruiting at a, a really high level, um, but uh, Cincinnati out the gate is at Arkansas. I would favor Arkansas to win that game. Could, could since would it shock me if Cincinnati won that game? No, but I know uh, you know uh, Arkansas is returning. I think they're one of only eight or nine teams in the country that return their starting quarterback, their head coach, their offensive coordinator, and their defensive coordinator. Pretty impressive stat. Um, and that team's pretty talented. I think Sam pulled Pork Pittman's doing a hell of a good job. Uh, week two, Cincinnati gets Kennesaw State. Now, I actually like what they do here. I think they put Kennesaw State on the schedule, and I have no proof of this. It's just a hunch, because they're a triple-option team, and they know later in the season they'll play Navy. I think they played Kennesaw a couple years ago. Same, same thing. Um, Kennesaw made the FCS playoffs, but I mean, come on, Cincinnati's going to be able to handle them in Nippert. Uh, then they got the game, the quote-unquote neutral site game, even though it's in Cincinnati at Paul Brown Stadium against uh, the Miami Ohio Redhawks. I think they'll win that. Then comes in Indi- Indiana, the Hoosiers. Now my, that's one where last year, honestly, I thought Indiana let them off the hook. I thought Indiana had that game won, or I shouldn't say I thought they had it won. They were in a spot where I thought they looked like the better team for three quarters. Put it like that. Um. Indiana, Michael panics I mean, they were a, a shit show last year. I believe they were two and 10. panics got injured. Uh, the backup got injured. What it was it, Tuttle? Um, they were on a, a walk on quarterback, uh, I think, wh- a couple games. Tom Allen, you know, everyone in America thought they were legit two years ago, or the press, I should say. Not us. We, we knew that they were f- for Gazy a little bit. But, uh, Indiana is uh, so Michael Penix transfers to Washington, reunites with the, the offensive coordinator he had most success with, Kalen DeBauer, and I think that that's going to be a great get for the Huskies. But Indiana um, goes out and gets Connell Basilek from Missouri, which I thought was a nice a nice get considering they lost Penix. So I I wouldn't surprise me if Indiana gave him a game. I would favor Cincinnati. So with that, I would say there'd be three and one at Tulsa is a sneaky game though. The very next week, Tulsa's played them extremely well. If Davis Brin, who's back at quarterback for Tulsa this year, <laughs> he had one of the ultimate lawn chair plays. And if you know what I'm talking about, check out the sports gambling podcast, my lawn chair ar- article on uh, these quarterbacks, Davis Brin should have ran the ball in for a touchdown. If he wasn't such a pussy on this play, um, I, <laughs> I mean, he, 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 slides and then they, they, end up fumbling, but if he had just ran with momentum and, and been a, he could have knocked off a, a top five team in the nation. And, but anyway, uh, Tulsa plays them tough. I mean, the, 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 the AAC championship two years ago when they had Zavin Collins and everything, that's a sneaky game. And even the the Indiana Tulsa back to back thing, uh, then for homecoming, they come back to Cincinnati and get South Florida. I do think Jeff Scott can, they showed a little bit of, of, fight last year. I think they're going to be better this year. I think they're one of the more intriguing teams for room for improvement. I think they're kind of where East Carolina was at coming into the season a year ago. Um, SMU is one where you, you say, wow, I, I think they actually improved from a coaching standpoint, perhaps with Rhett Lashley. Um, they have some talent there. That could be a sneaky game now. Cincinnati's kind of owned them. SMU doesn't want any part of that physicality lately. But they're at SMU in the very next week. So back to back away, they're at UCF. I think UCF's gonna bite them. And then after that, this is a brutal four game stretch here. They're home to Navy in the triple option. So you go from SMU air raid to UCF and Gus Miles on and his his crazy offense. To the triple option. And then after that, a short week where you're hosting East Carolina, who I think East Carolina is going to have their best team yet uh, in the Mike Houston era. I think those are four in incredibly tough games. I think they're going to definitely de- I'm going to go ahead and say this. They will lose one of those games, maybe two. Um, then they're at temple temples. I don't know what to make of temple. Uh, then they're home to Tulane which could even be tricky. Tulane gave Oklahoma a scare last year. I I think they're going to, I think they're going to be like nine and three this year, maybe eight and four, nine and three, something like that. And uh, I I think there's opportunity for, for some other teams to come up within the AAC. Let's talk about UCF. UCF is in a situation where they have uh, they really won the transfer portal, brought in a slew of players from Auburn, uh, tight end from Florida. Um, they go out and also land John Rice Plumley, Patty C's boy. That I, I think Pat, John Rice Plumley is going to fit so well in in the uh, the Gus Malzahn office. I th- I think uh, uh, offense, I should say. I say office. I think that's going to be a home run get. Now I know they still have Mikey Keen, so Plumley has to win that 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 battle but they're in a good spot with two capable quarterbacks. Keen played well for them as a freshman last year. So um, UCF and I've gone through this before. So if you have listened to this and saying, dude, you already covered this, um, they, they, uh, they, their road schedule is pretty nice. Their schedule in general is pretty nice. I know they get the couple ACC guys out the gate. They get South Carolina state. That's that's a blowout. Then they're home to Louisville could get tricky Satterfield in a, in a make or break year. I feel like uh, at the moon bounce in Orlando, Uh, then they're at FAU. I mean, they're going to beat FAU, but Willie, does Willie Taggart have another 10 win season in him? I know he magically pulled one out at South Florida, you know, I don't know, eight, seven, eight years ago, Uh, home to Georgia tech. They're terrible home to SMU. I mean, that could be a game that bites them. I guess maybe I mean I got them five and zero, oh, but I mean they get their three hardest games right there: Louisville, Georgia Tech, and SMU at, at the Moon Bounce. Um, so I think they'll win those. The FAU game, I think they'll win. They'll be five and zero. Oh, they get a bye week before hosting Temple, six and zero. Oh. Now comes the hardest stretch of the season for for the very Golden Knights. They're at East Carolina. You know, Dudley Fick, going to be lit for that one. Uh, they're home to Cincinnati. So that's a look ahead spot. If they're thinking about Cincinnati, you see in a good spot to catch them. Uh, even after that, they're at Memphis and, and Ryan Silverfield It's a big year for him. We and talk about a, a guy that's in a similar spot as I mean, th- they kind of play a bunch of teams. They get Louisville Satterfield hot seat. They get Jeff Collins hot seat. They get even Willie Taggart, who I think might be on the hot seat. Um, they get Memphis with Silverfield hot seat. Uh, Jeff Collins, South Florida, hot seat. Um, but yeah, they get they're at Memphis and then they're at Tulane, so they get three away games and and at a four. Then they're home to Navy, which is always tricky, and then they're at South Florida. Uh, I mean, I think they can win the AAC this year. I would almost favor them too. I'm going to favor them too. and I know we talked I, about this, but I want to continue on now that we're going into the schedules. Um let's, let's talk a little bit. Uh, I, I think this is probably how the publications will have these, the associated press will rank this conference at third place will probably be Houston second or third. Um, and we talked about Dana Holgerson, Clayton tuned back their schedule at a conference is, is quite um, impressive. No FCS. They play at UTSA and at Texas tech back to back away games to start the season. And then they have a home game against Lance Leopold in Kansas who I think was getting better and better as the season went along last year then they have a, a, a home game against rice which is located in Houston I mean they should beat rice but I'm just saying that schedules way more aggressive than uh, I think it's way harder than uh, than everyone we've mentioned thus far at a conference wise in conference so I mean that uh, actually at UTSA and at Texas Tech I don't think they're going to be two zero. I'm gonna give them one and one. There's a chance there's zero and two there. The home game against Kansas, I even think will be tricky, but I'll give it to Houston if they can go three and one in the first four. I think you're you're happy as a uh, as a Cougar fan. Then conference play starts. You're home to Tulane on a Friday night. Those games have kind of been wild over the past four or five years. Uh, Tulane's bringing Michael Pratt back, and uh, that's that's fantastic in its own right. The fact that that's what's really impressive, and we will touch on that there's a couple quarterbacks that you say, how the fuck did in the crazy era that we live in with the transfer portal, how has certain teams been able to retain these quarterbacks? I mean, Michael Pratt is a guy that I think would be, I, I think he's a really good quarterback. He could really help out other teams. Shout out to Willie Fritz uh, for, for keeping him there. Um, then they're at Memphis and the Liberty bowl. I feel like they have the upper hand on Memphis, even though those games have been kind of wild over the past five years as well. So let's say they start out five and one, they get a bye week then they're at Navy. Uh, for some reason, I find that game challenging for them. Just the whole philosophy. I feel like of the air raid, you know, uh, going up and get the triple option. I'm going to call for Navy to get that one done then they're uh, home to South Florida. I think they can win that one. Then they're at SMU. I feel like that's a 50, 50 game Um, home. to temple at ECU, I think they probably lose that game and then home to Tulsa. I think they're going to be in the mix. They're probably looking at eight and four, nine and three, maybe even seven and five. Um, I'd be pretty shocked if they got the 10 wins with this schedule. If, if we had to go in in order, I do think next, they would probably deem. East Carolina the as in contention to to win the uh the the AAC. So East Carolina brings back a ton. I think that's the thing you like if if you're an ECU fan, the fact that uh, Holton Allers is like what a f- I feel like a, f- a fifth year quarterback now with all this covid stuff um you return Holton now there's that alone and the fact that this D line I heard there, uh, you know, I heard a uh, friend of the program, Steven Iger t- talking about this today. Uh, he thinks the defensive line is really, really good, really good for the AAC. And if you look back at last year uh, with Keaton Mitchell, that freshman from Georgia rushing for 1,100 yards, he's back. Um, they go out, they land a Georgia uh, transfer in the transfer portal at, at wide out and um, they, they have a, a, I think a pretty good team right now. Now offense I think has got to get, got to just last year they had long droughts where, and then they would ha- catch lightning in a bottle and they look good, but the players are there. And I do think they're in the, they're heading in the right direction. Obviously losing Jaquan McMillan is going to hurt, but uh, one of the, one of the best corners in, in the AAC. Uh, but I do think, uh, East Carolina, watch out. I mean, I I think you pull up the schedule here. They have a nice schedule. Now at a conference, they're home to NC state opening day. Uh, Then they're uh, hosting ODU, which ODU Ricky Ronnie's doing a great job there. And they're, they're joining the Sunbelt as well. I forgot to mention them when I, then Campbell Campbell, Campbell's of the FCS, Mike Minter, the former Nebraska Cornhusker and Carolina Panther. He was, uh, he's just landed. I think the second best recruiting class in the FCS and better than If memory serves me correct, I want to say they they charted like seventy third among the FBS, so they beat out like fifty FBS in their recruiting rankings. So the Camels might might, maybe they'll give them a game. Um, I think if VCU can, and then what their other out of conference game is is in the middle of the season at BYU, which is a tough game. I think if they can just go, I mean, it would be great to go three and one there probably going to go two and two NC state's going to be is is projected to be a contender to win the ACC and might even be the favorite. I think Clemson then NC state. Um, And then at BYU, that's a tough game. It's a weekday. It's a short week across, across country uh, altitude playing a factor. And it's right after we get UCF. So I'm going to go ahead and say they lose those, but those you can lose those and still win the AAC within the conference. When it starts on Saturday, September 22nd, they get Navy at home. They're at South Florida. Navy will be tricky. ECU always struggles with Navy. Did we get an FCS the week before, but well, they're a pretty good FCS, but uh, I mean, I'll say we get it done. I'll say we're two and zero there, but they're back to back away. We're at Tulane. Let's say Willie Fritz. I know Willie Fritz and Mike Houston go back a long way. Maybe Tulane pulls the upset there. Two and one home to Memphis. I think we got that three and one. Home to UCF. I think we we pull the upset there. Four and one uh in conference. At Cincinnati, I think we lose that four and two. Home to uh Houston, I think we get that. I think we can be six and two. I think we'd be right there in the mix, uh, depending on tiebreakers, how that would shake out. But uh, yeah, I mean, I'll say this Houston and, and ECU are about the only schools in Tulane that won't have in Tulsa, I guess that won't have a quarterback battle perhaps. I mean, Memphis maybe with Seth Hennigan. He looked pretty good last year as a freshman, but um, you know, you, Cincinnati's got Prater or Bryant. We don't know what's going to happen there. If it's Bryant, you know, they have an experienced guy. Will it be John rice, Plumley or Mikey Keane We don't know. Actually, I expect South Florida to go with Timmy McLean, the freshman that looked all right last year. Um, SMU's got Tanner Mordecai, but they also have their best recruit ever in, in Preston Stone back there. Uh, Navy's got, uh, L- L- Levitai or whatever. Uh, but you know, it's the triple option. They can throw like 30 different quarterbacks at you. Temple, I guess they're going to go with Dewan Mathis, the Georgia transfer. I, I really don't know what the hell to make of Temple. We'll see. Um, I do think though, uh, I mean, I think everyone, I think there's a lot of teams in the AAC bowl wise. I expect um, a slew of these teams to make the bowls this year. I think uh, let's look at Navy schedule. I think Navy Navy has been young the past two years. You need normally when those guys are upperclassmen, I think really gets his teams to be pretty damn good. Now at a conference, they they challenge themselves. The academies, they certainly do. Obviously they have the army game at a conference, which is always chaotic and always a great rivalry game, Uh, but they also have the Delaware blue Hens, who are like an FCS blue blood week one. Um, Then they have at air force in Colorado Springs on October 1st. And they have Notre Dame uh, at the Raven stadium there on November 12th that's, that's a fucking pretty great uh, schedule right there. They also play. I mean, yeah, I mean, I don't know. They have a a very tough schedule. So maybe I was thinking that they could contend this year because I feel like years that you think they're going to underachieve, they overachieve and years where they're very experienced. They really can, can, can fuck can fuck shit up. But uh, Delaware and Memphis out the gate. I'm gonna say Navy pulls off the upset. Both of those are in, in Annapolis. I think they pull off the upset against Memphis. I think they take care of Delaware, but that might be a that might be a good game because Delaware's defense Oh, I know Danny Rocco's gone at Delaware, but the past couple years, that defense has been pretty good. It's been the offense that struggled for the Blue Hens. They get a bye week before they're at ECU. That might help them. If anything, that would well, that might even make me think that they could beat ECU. But he, I don't know. That's going to be close. That's a back-to-back away. East Carolina and Air Force. Air Force has won double-digit games the past two years. Troy Calhoun's one of the most underrated coaches in America. I could see them losing both of those. So then they'd be two and two. They're home to Tulsa. I think they can get that, but Tulsa's no slouch. Uh, then at SMU on a weekday. I would think SMU, but air raid against a triple option always has its problems. Um home to the Houston Cougars. I think they could win that game home. to temple at Cincinnati. I would assume they lose also the Baltimore game uh, with Notre Dame. I would assume they lose at UCF. Whew, look at that three game stretch, Cincinnati, Notre Dame and UCF, man. Um, yeah. So I'm I, I, six and six. Maybe if they can get to a bowl six and six, Navy plays a bowl game. Um, so I would say, I think the, the thing to really watch out for there is, is the four team race between Cincinnati, UCF, uh, Houston and East Carolina. Maybe you can talk me into SMU in that mix. Maybe. So uh, uh, I don't know, but um, SMU let's talk about SMU for a second. And I know we got to switch to other conferences. I could talk about the AAC for five years. Um, but you you, 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 Preston Stone is like a what five star recruit by them or something, or like their their highest rated recruit ever. They have Tanner Mordecai, uh, who played well. I mean, this guy used to be at Oklahoma, and then they landed what an Alabama recruit in the running back. Now they 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 lose uh, Ulysses Bentley to Ole Miss, but man, SMU has some talent. They they really won the transfer portal to me, um the question is, can Rhett Lashley coach, can he be an upgrade from Sonny Dykes? I kind of think he is, but we just haven't seen it before. Um, And they, they have a slew of receivers that I think will be back uh, next year too. I know they lose. They, I think they lose what Reggie Roberson, but I believe uh, Rasheed rice is back. They have a slew of receivers. Uh, The tight end I think is back. Uh, Who was it? No, no, maybe not the tight end. Um, but I, this, this offense should be rolling. The question is, is who's coaching the defense last year was Jim Leonard. You know, I trust Jim, uh, Jim uh, not Jim Leonard, Jim Levitt. I trust Jim Levitt defenses. I know he's not with SMU anymore. They're kind of the wild card there, but uh, man, the AAC is loaded this year. I think South Florida could be better. Um, um, week in week out. The, the AAC is, is really going to be good this year. Tulsa is always flying under the radar. Montgomery does a great job with that team. Davis Bren is back. I know I'm not at the high. I'm not the biggest fan of Bren, but that defense has been good over the past few years. Golden hurricane might be able to hang around. And then you have Fritz with, with Michael Pratt at, at Tulane. I really think this whole conference is up right now. It doesn't have the elite team at the top perhaps, but everyone, but temple, and maybe you can make the case. Memphis is heading down. But they're still good. They're like talent wise. They're still like a, a team that I expect will be bowling in the Jimmy jungle Bowl or something. I don't know. I think the AAC is going to be absolutely fantastic this year. Uh, all right, folks. I want to tell you that the college football experience is brought to you by WinBet. Make sure to get down on the WinBet's $10 to win $200 promotion, where a $10 bet qualifies you for up to $200 in free bets. Plus, the WinBet Casino is offering a 100% deposit bonus up to $1,000. And of course, don't forget to get involved in their same game parlays with WinZone. Build your own bet feature. There's so much to choose from. All you have to do is download the WinBet app and visit winbet.com. That's W-I-N-N-Bet.com to get started today. Offer subject of change. Turns and conditions apply at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older in present state where you play through WinBet is available. If you or anyone you know is a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. I also want to tell you, we're brought to you by Coors light. Yes. Where's my silver bullet. Hmm. It's a hectic time of year between weddings, graduation, spring sports. Oh, that stuff. USFL. And we're busier than ever right now. Sometimes we forget to take a second for ourselves. So this season, take a second to enjoy an ice cold Coors light because you deserve a beer that's made to chill. Do you ever feel like you're always on? Work, family, friends, a million pressing social issues. Just an expectation to be on 24/7 these days. Sometimes you just got to you just need a moment to just hit that reset button. You know? That's when you reach for Core's light. It's made to chill. Um when I when I honestly, like when I we have a bunch of Core's light here. When I bang out like five podcasts in a day, I do that. I go out there. I sit at the, sit at the SGPN bar that we have in the studio. And I say, ah, I need a moment to chill. No one talk to me. All right. And boom, I crack an ice cold, uh Coors light. And it's fantastic. It, it really is. It really is. Get cores delivered straight to your door via drizzly or Instacart by going to coreslight.com slash SGP. That's coreslight.com slash SGP. And remember to always celebrate responsibly. Coors brewing company, golden Colorado.